Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. Um, I don't have to tell you why this week is sort of exciting for us here. Uh, coming on Thursday, you're going to have our 200th episode. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm taping it in about two or three hours from now. Talking to you about noon on Sunday. Woke up, had some coffee. Got out and mowed the lawn to some inter-arma, which I recommend to everybody. You know, get, make your chores more metal uh, if you want to get them done. And um, so, so that's going to be this week. I'm super excited about it. Cannot wait for that to happen. Um, but as good as that one is, um, we have sort of like an awesome sandwich here. And, and this one is, is one side of the sandwich, one piece of the bread. Uh, we're going to be talking with the band Mail the Horse. Now, I, I sort of came to these guys that were brought to my attention uh, back in 2015, they put an album called Planet Gates and uh, got sent to me by their manager, who used to be, she's a DC person, used to work for the 930 Club. And uh, so I said, hey, I trust your opinion. I'm going to check it out. And, and I did. And I, I dropped the needle on this thing. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing the Rolling Stones. I'm hearing Graham Parsons. I'm hearing faces. I'm hearing uh, a type of music that, that, you don't hear a lot of anymore, uh, at least not at this level of commitment to it. And uh, as I dug deeper into this album, deeper into uh, into the band, uh, they quickly became one of my favorite bands. So uh, immediately we started trying to get them down here in the basement. Uh, that's hard though because uh, they're in New York and we're here, and uh, they tour like everywhere as they should. You know, they're getting their start. They've been around for been around for a couple years i think maybe like five years but um they're really like hitting it now uh in fact when they stopped by here they were on their way to play uh one of the stages of firefly music festival up in delaware um so uh, after a year trying and uh and a whole nother like batch of music new ep called magnolia uh that came out recently we finally got them over here uh, had a great talk with the guys in the band about what they do about how they exist in the in this musical landscape that might not be as friendly as we'd like to this type of music uh talked about their bus they rolled up to the house in a, in a converted school bus i can't uh tell you how how satisfying that was and awesome but at, at any rate um we're going to be talking with them and uh and in a rare turn of events we are going to also play a song by them because they have a show here uh coming up in dc it's on the 17th july 17th out at songbird that I will be at and that you should be at and then uh, maybe we'll, we can work out some way uh, to get you some tickets maybe I don't know I'll think about it talk with them and see what's going on uh, so so that's your podcast this week one half or one side of the uh, awesome sandwich that is to come over the next three episodes uh, so if you're ready and you, you're relaxed and you uh, got your beverage with you maybe your cat that's how I roll uh, let's go this is episode number 199 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. We're sitting down with the fine, fine gentleman of Mail the Horse. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next one. That right there is a logical fallacy.
Uh, I'll kick it off uh, with uh, w- welcome to the basement. Mail the horse. Uh, I am terrible with names, so let's go around the circle here. Cool. Uh, starting with you here on the far left of me. Hi, everybody. Well, I'm, uh, I'm uh, 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 Brendan. I play bass. Right. Michael Hessline. How's it going? How's it going? Donnie. I'm All right. Donnie. All right. Next up. Chris. All right. Weaver. All right, guys. <laughs> So it's been about a year in the making. Sarah, your manager, uh, knew before. She has been. She emailed me uh, some of your tracks and was like, "Check these guys out." And uh, you know, we get a lot of submissions, but that's how it works. If you know somebody, that helps out a lot. Played it, and, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, look at these guys. And my Im- immediate reaction to her emailed uh, her back and said, "So, how long before they get sued by making Keith? Because, <laughs> because." Uh, your album Planet Gates that came out was it last year or 2014? Uh, yeah, it yeah. was. It was about a year ago. Yeah, <clears throat> actually, this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. Well, yeah. Happy Happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, you guys somehow managed to channel the best of like the late '60s, early Stones, in a way that everybody in rock and roll, I think, is trying to do. I mean, if you look at the Stones, you're like, yeah, that's the rock band, and that's what I want to be. Um, but nobody can do. <laughs> Um, if you take your song, uh, oh, I don't have it up right now. The uh, was it Flowers and Gasoline? Mm-hmm. You know that's a deep, that's a like a B side off of like a Great Stones record and stuff. Did going into that album because your first album wasn't that like overt an influence? So it didn't have that overt sound. Uh-huh. Was that one of your goals? Uh, no, it wasn't a goal. Mm-hmm. I think that whatever influence people heard on Planet Gates was. Uh, definitely from you know whatever realms of our subconscious or lying around um we might when we're kind of arranging a song might reference uh, an era or mm-hmm. um an album or a, or a style of playing but we don't typically reference certain you don't look at it and be like, or, "This is this is." I mean, look, you guys drove up in a bus, yeah. So there, there is some personality <laughs> going on here that's going <laughs> to inform your music and stuff. <laughs> uh, it, it's just fascinating to me. And the name of the track was uh, "Flowers, Keys, and Gasoline," and uh, the whole album, I mean, even like uh, "Best I Can." That um, a lot of times, and maybe this is why this works for you guys, people will hear in their art that okay, we sound like this, mm-hmm. and then the immediate influence is. 2016 we gotta sound fucking different yeah and that's not a good influence that's not a good urge because if you wrote a good song you wrote a good song yeah and i think that i think that's what's going on here um what uh i guess to that end how'd you guys get started well um donnie and i went to high school together and we Mm kind of started screwing around with music uh around then kind of and then we started you know playing in a band and eventually we started we met brendan and he joined the band when we were in college together and then we kind of reformed once we moved to brooklyn as mail the horse Mm -hmm. and uh things started kind of coming together and uh we added chris and Weaver's been our recent addition to the group on drums, and 
Yeah, that's the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been based in Brooklyn for six years now. Brooklyn from where? Where'd you get to school? We went to school at the University of New Hampshire. Okay. At least the three of us. So, so North Hampshire. Northeastern. Yeah. Yeah. New England. Yeah. Um, when you guys started out, were you just playing uh, sort of like shitty clubs, or like and, and, and was that the goal? <laughs> like, or what? Or was it? Did you sit down and be like, "I want to be a songwriter"? Yeah, I. Well, I think we definitely did sit down and say that, but. When we first started playing, we didn't really know what we were doing. We were just like, we like rock and roll. We're going to play it wherever people will have it. I mean, when we first started out, we played like frat houses. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like in college, you know. Did you play covers? Or did you play your own music? Yeah, we always played our own music, but we always kind of sprinkled in covers, especially me and Donnie's old band back then when we first started playing together. We would play frat houses, people's basements, living rooms. Right, right. We used to end the night at this house called Frisbee House. And it was where all the Frisbee team people lived. And the last song... That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, hippies, I guess. Sure, That's what we are, I guess, too. Um, We used to end the night playing uh, Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine (laughs) with our friends singing. And, you know, that was kind of how we ended every show. In the style of Male the Horse or in the style of Rage Against the Machine? Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine. There was like, you know... Rock and roll, like, yeah. slash, like, f- funk fusion. Yeah. I remember, like, playing, funk like, pretty funk. weird organ <laughs> <laughs> along with it. So so when <laughs> you're, you're playing these, like, frat houses, which, I mean, like, that's a standard, like, gig. It's a pain gig. Yeah, you're you 19 know? years old. Played, like, in New, in New Hampshire, too. It's, like, you know, Woods shows. We boosted that. Yeah. When we, when we first met Brendan, we used to play in a shed. Like in the woods, just like you know, open mic style. We'd all go around, mm-hmm. pass the guitar around, and just like a lot of that kind of stuff too. Yeah, pig roasts, frat houses. Damn, jams with my dad and other dads. <laughs> dad fest. Dad fest. We when we first started playing, we would just like show up to open mics and like supposed to play like five minutes. We would just play a half hour just because we wanted the reps. <laughs> you know, we just were like, hey, we're gonna like. We haven't really known how to do this yet. It's just like yeah. play forever. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to do it. I mean, anytime people will get pissed, but you know. Yeah, but you know, if whatever, if Screw it, them. you know, especially if the song's better, you know, open yeah. mics. I, I played quite a few open mics, and it's you know, it's first of all, it's a daunting task. You know, you get up there, you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Do I try yeah. to please this crowd? Uh, I think it was the people who had like just balls who just go up and be like, I'm gonna workshop this shit, and you're gonna like it. Oh, nice. So this is like a yeah. fucking shit podcast. Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we nice. can cuss. We can. Uh, the only thing we can't do is uh, talk bad about cats. This is a cat friendly household. Cats, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. we're it's, a cat friendly band. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny about open mics. I haven't really thought about them in a long time, but I feel like I might be more interested now than I was back then. Really? At why? least. Yeah, it just kind of seems kind of fun to do something right. like that. Back then, it seemed, I feel like it wasn't, not mandatory by any means, but no, no, no. my like my brother and my dad would play them, and I would just be there, and they'd be like, yeah, play a song, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't well, really I, want to. but I, I think it is, I mean, it's certainly a rite yeah. of passage, because there's stages of deciding you want to do something like what you guys are doing, and you want, I mean, look, playing out in front of people, I don't think is a natural instinct. You know, and it takes sort of a crazy person to decide that, and um, at least a certain. It's a good kind of crazy too. But 
Um, you go through that stage, but then you actually have to do it and execute it, and then you have to get rejected because you suck. And then you go through like yeah. all these different phases until finally something develops into, and with you guys, it developed into your sound. You know, you could hear it. Like how? So you guys were playing what, like three years before the first album? Uh, Maybe even yeah. longer. Yeah. Longer. Yeah. Well, because yeah. 2010 well, was when Nail you really got together. kind of formed in 2010. Yeah, that's our first album. <clears throat> yeah. It really is. Uh, great. And Great Kills great was like kills. our first album. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, as Mail the Horse, really. And, uh, that was the fundamental change was like Great Kills and was kind of the fundamental. Gotcha. This is Mail the Horse. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Right. And, you know, and, that was um, kind of the... And that was the first album with Chris in the band so that was kind of like the beginning of what our and, current vibe what, is. what you've gotten to now yeah um uh, do you guys all write songs together or is one of you the chief songwriter here we i mean me and donnie are mostly the songwriters we all arrange the songs all together and it's usually like either you know it can mean any sort of uh-huh. process we kind of leave the door open for whatever the song calls for you know yeah yeah, um, the new actually the new EP Magnolia. It's interesting because it, all, all three albums that I've heard have a very distinct like sound, and I think Magnolia builds on. Um, you know, Planet Gates was just, you know, when I heard it and I presented it to people, I was like, "This is an homage, intentionally or not, to this type of music." And if you like this, I know you've actually uh, you played in Richmond and talked to a friend of mine uh, about playing down there sometime. Uh, at a Paradise Garage, uh-huh. and I and I sent it to him, Greg Davis, and I sent it to him. Oh, and, oh yeah, and he immediately was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Nice. And he's a big he's a big Deadhead. He's a big Taper. He's a big Jam Band fan. And sure. It appeals to that. But I I can play it for somebody who just likes the rock and roll. And they're like, "Okay, yeah, you know." And you guys are heading off after this to uh, Firefly, which is a big ass festival. You just came off Bonnaroo, which is also a big ass festival. Uh, with this EP, I mean, do you? Is your set gonna be like? Because I haven't seen you live, um, is it more? Is it looser, more like that middle album, or, or are you pushing more now towards the Magnolia sound? We have been um, playing a lot of the new stuff from Magnolia, yeah, and you know we're playing all that stuff, and we're playing a bunch of Planet Gate stuff, and we're kind of letting the arrangements on certain songs. Uh, move into a more free psychedelic uh, oh. atmosphere these days. We're, you know, we're jamming. Yeah, we're jam. <laughs> we decided that we're just gonna let our freak flag fly with yeah. our with uh, some of these tunes. Um, you know, on this most recent tour, we started getting into a mode of like kind of feeling out what we could do with some of the material, and it's been feeling pretty good. Yeah. It's kind of accidental too. We had a lot of sets where we had to play for like three or four hours, and a song <laughs> really? where we normally like, like the end of Fool of the Fire. We've always had this mm-hmm. like kind of long uh, psychedelic breakdown at the end, and we've had a couple sets where like Don will be playing and he'll be like looking behind, he's like, yeah, know, like let's keep going and see where this goes. <laughs> and it's kind of developed into uh, this cool little arrangement that we have for a few of these songs. Yeah, and I take people for a little bit of a ride for a minute. Do Do you encourage taping or do you allow it? Sure, man. Yeah, yeah we're done. Good, <laughs> good. Because, like I said, I don't think you're playing here until you. Sarah mentioned maybe July, but it's like something I I want to hear stuff like that. Yeah, man. Um. So what? I mean, so what's your dark star at this point? <laughs> uh, 
fire has been like up to minutes, you know, as it's the longest. And that's like really cool for us. We just really try to improvise, which is, you know, really an exciting thing to be 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 able to do on on stage for us and that's like really exciting yeah i think definitely kind of new territory and we would definitely like doing that now and i think we can as players which is you know which is also very fortunate you know to really hear each other on that kind of uh, that kind of level, you know? Yeah. One thing like that I think exciting. we realized is that, like, we're... I think... And I, we've been saying this all together for a couple of years now. We have never really been the kind of band that is has been great at, like, the 30-minute, here's our set, fuck you. Like, right. New, like, you know, kind of like a New York-y kind of, like, band that's, like... Mm-hmm. Doing that kind of thing, we mm-hmm. we we like to. We realize that we like to settle in and like yeah. take the crowd in, and yeah, you know, we have like plenty of songs that are just like three minute punch in the face, but like we like to kind of build our set in like a lo- in like a longer format. I'm assuming it's different every night. Uh, it's it has small changes. Sometimes we'll change it up completely, but yeah, yeah. it's um, it kind of goes through different permutations. Yeah. Based on how long we're playing, I guess. But we, you know, we and where too. and where, yeah. But yeah, to- we totally played like twenty-minute versions of Fool of Fire last tour. It was yeah. just really fun. Switching yeah. up the sets is nice. I think sometimes, since we've been doing this for a while now, it's also kind of nice to have one set and just kind of yeah. keep it uniform and know that we're comfortable with it every night. Because sometimes it is weird playing a certain song first that we've never done before right we right. played a couple of shows last tour we had to play for like four hours just like you know at honky tonk bars and stuff excellent and like down in texas would, down charlotte. like you know in charlotte, oh, charlotte Carolina, yeah, yeah. And, you know down in like the southeast and we what uh means? yeah you just you know kind of get used to playing those kind of sets too and it's like kind of and it's hard to cut back to like oh you have to play 45 minute long sets like oh shit right. We like can't do our thing, you know. We right, like we right, like to right, play right. for like you know, we like to really be able to get the crowd into it on like a yeah. personal level and like build a set. That, that's cool format. because like again, if you listen to the songs, like on the, what you put on a record and, and a record being a very different thing than the live experience, you know, these are very uh, they're very tight and very well written, almost pop songs. You know, there certainly would have been pop back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. You know, I see you're wearing a Cardinal shirt. Yeah. Right? I mean, and that motherfucker, is, that's his That's king. his gift. Yeah. yeah, man. And that's what he does. We're he, like uh, Ryan Adams, like... Disciples. Disciples. Yeah. We're like, uh, you know, we'll... Well, that's a good model. Th- I mean, look, Cold Roses is one of the best albums of all time. Yeah, I mean, can I we agree on that? Like, yeah. yeah. Jacksonville. Jacksonville Six Nights. Okay. You know, you have that 29. back and forth. That was like, those day. two records were the kind of records that we were listening mm-hmm. to when we first started playing Donnie and I, and like right. we referenced them still to this day. Is like that was like class for us. Like those two records because we could tell. Did you go that, all the like, way back to Whiskey Town. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. All the stuff. Turned but like those two records came out when we were like first starting playing music, like yeah. eighteen, nineteen, like you know, mid two thousands. Right. Right. 
Um, and it was huge because we were all also coming from like a pretty like Grateful Deady background mm -hmm. too, and like we saw what he was taking from that, and you know, especially with his live performances and. How do you? Because yeah, when he, when he was playing like JP, yeah, Bowerstock, and you know their original what he calls the only Cardinals band, yeah, yeah, Catherine Popper and yep. them, uh, that was a super cool era. I thought it was. They played here in DC, yeah, and it was right around the time where he was just coming off uh, being just a complete little bitch, yeah, on stage, <laughs> spitting wine at and, people, yeah, 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 yeah. But and and so. We he played uh, and it was awesome. It was like a three song set though, and there was like a twenty minute jam. And I can't remember which song. It was some off Cold Roses. And he's like, "All right, good night." <laughs> yeah. and, and we're like, Ugh. "Like, what's going on?" And people started to leave. Now he came back, uh, but he came back in an inordinate amount of time. Uh, right. And it sort of pulled an Axl Rose. But yeah, that lineup was even for those three songs was fucking yeah. spectacular. Actually, the guy and I'll send it to you. The guy uh, Craig Davis taped a show from that era at the Norva down in Norfolk, Virginia, and yeah, it's... I have that actually. Oh, you do have yeah, that? I'm yeah, pretty so sure I have that. Yes. I haven't listened to it in a while, but so it's I used spectacular. to listen to it a lot. It is yeah. absolutely because and because he stuff. stayed on point, he stayed on target. Yeah, and it's like thirty songs or something. Yeah. Um. One time he paid someone to uh, leave the show because they were talking. Yeah. <laughs> he paid someone. He took 40 bucks from his wallet and handed it to the guy. So we were, you can he played leave. the Birchmere up here, and this is before me and my lady were together, but uh, I got a text because we were friends a long time before that, and uh, I was down in Richmond, actually, and she's like, this Ryan Adams guy, you know, he's, he's awesome. Plays the Birchmere, and she's like, oh, he's crying on stage, and now he's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. for years, she would some... not, she would like listen to the records and would not go see him, but it was, uh, you know, that has changed. So. Yeah, we saw him. Hess, where I'm pretty sure where you got that shirt. We saw him. I've seen him. I think only a few times, three times. Once was when he broke his wrist and he was just singing, yeah, yeah. and yeah. he was <laughs> was like right after Easy Tiger, and yep. he was doing a totally different. That thing. was a sweet era too. That was mm -hmm. a good, really good set, and it was totally different. Mm -hmm. Neil Casal was singing and all that. Yep. Uh, that was good. We were gonna see him at South by Southwest this year. But it was a um, pretty crazy uh, yeah. entry. I went there and it was basically like you're in airport security. <laughs> how many times have you guys played South by? This is our first Once. year. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. First year? How, how did you How did you find it? We had a blast, man. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had a really good time. Um, Do you stay out for you know, like four has, days? We were there for the whole week. The whole week, yeah. yeah. We had Which two was shows in like three days off. Like maybe we wouldn't, you know, hang. Hang for the yeah. whole week uh, yeah. <laughs> next time because we had like a lot of uh, recreational time, which is always fun, but can also just like totally Saw a lot of good bands. fry your brain. Yeah, but yeah. We, we definitely especially if you're on tour. Yeah, yeah. we didn't really yeah. have a choice. But yeah, it was we, we kind of worked we were, out like that. We were stoked the whole time and had a great time, even yeah, when we had downtime. Saw lots of great music. Had he toured know. through Austin before? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we are we're big Austin fans. Yeah. For sure. It's, it's a magical, magical fucking and town. And South by, for all its negatives, is, you know, uh, a fun time. You know, I've heard. I, I've never been. I actually, so in D.C., like, everything comes through here. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing this for, like, six years now, I think. And and the first two years, I used to cover shows. And so I'd get out. I think I shot, like, 250 shows in a year. And 
burned me out a little bit, but then I hear friends go down to South by and they're like, Oh yeah, I saw that in a week. I'm like, Oh my God. You know? And so I, I have, and also I'm a little older, so I had to pace it a little, but I am like determined to get down there one year at least because every, you know, because Austin's awesome basically Yeah, yeah. is, and it, I, Austin is worth like putting up with any craziness, any like just, just mass amounts of people down there. I think last time I was down there was like, Austin City Limits Fest. Yeah. Went 2007 went from, this is cool, to 2009 went to, like, what the fuck is going on? There's yeah. so many people here. There was yeah. a shitload of people. It's, it's we, There was a shooting, like, right on the block where you were Yeah, yeah, out. I saw that. In oh, Austin. So you guys were right there? We were right like, there. We, were we, had, we just left. Jeez. We had just dipped the block, like, a half hour before it happened. And and the, year, uh, the year before, there was a, uh, a drunk driver. Yeah, I ran, drove ran over in some our, people. Yeah. I remember that. And our too. old intern was yeah. actually at the club, the like Mohawk, saw right? it happen. Yeah, it was up by the Mohawk. Um, back to the more dead stuff. So, and you guys, <laughs> you guys are, I mean, you guys are exploring like jamming and stuff, uh, and and coming from that, how how does like it's a trap? I think you can fall into to want to do that. Yeah. Well, and, here's the thing, well, we. We kind of came from that, and like, and you know, we used to, right? Like, we came from that, grew up on that kind of music, at least you know, in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I think that what happened is that we kind of like moved away from it, just because I think partly because of like the whole Brooklyn thing, and like, it just wasn't hip. I mean, well, it, partly in that mm-hmm. time period, it wasn't. Like, it's funny now. Everyone's like oh, yeah. kind of coming around again, like admitting oh, that yeah. they were hugely into the Grateful Dead the whole time. Thanks to National, <laughs> yeah. and like you know, and that's like awesome. Yeah. Um, we always were into it though, and we, we just yeah. didn't perform it. Oh, and it's like, clear in your music. I mean, you know, and I think that now it's like kind of you were like realizing that oh, like fuck everybody, like yeah. we'll just play the way like we know how to play and. Like it's fun. Well, that's, what, that's you, like what I was saying. We can, about... we can play like this. We can play like that. We just like we want our live sets to be comprehensive yeah. of like all of our abilities, not just like the this is the this version of Mail the Horse. Like this is what you're gonna get rammed down your throat. We don't. We're trying to move away from that. I think. I mean, you're not robot jukeboxes. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's an important thing. And and I you know anytime a band gets out there and jams like that proves that. Although there are some that doesn't <laughs> it's the jams are the same every time i but what i was wondering it was how do you uh besides just saying making a conscious decision like escape that because so many bands start up and they and so many bands like the day of the dead thing we know all those bands most of them some of them were just give me money but you know most of those bands were legitimately like dead fans closet dead fans and they didn't want to say it but how do you escape that when you look and see like the eighth tier jam band on the corner that is still just wanting to do that. You gotta have like, good songs, man. Yeah, it's a, is that anybody can jam, but if the songs mm-hmm. aren't that good, then you're screwed. Which was the Grateful Dead's secret weapon. Yeah, and it remains exactly. to this day. Yeah. You know, I, I am a, I know Sarah is a big fish fan. I am I've seen him thirty times, but I'm not. Yeah, I mean and, we we all saw plenty of fish in high And and the oh. difference is is they're yeah, entertaining but they don't necessarily have like great songs. They have some good songs, yeah. but the Dead, yeah. like indisputably, yeah. had fucking great songs. Yeah, their records are good. That's yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. yeah, that's really what separates the two in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's like the fundamental yeah. songwriting and the singing and the the kind of hist- 
historical aspect, but the folk history in the the tunes is like you know a very important thing, and from like a historical standpoint too. So you guys took that part with you, and are sort of working back to the yeah maybe yeah I don't yeah the. Getting to the song aspect just real uh-huh. fast. If you take Fool of Fire, for instance, I think it's like three yeah. and a half minutes long in the mm-hmm. record. But we had a whole jam after, you know, in that recording and we just didn't include it. You didn't yeah. include it? Our producer so was it, like, you there's, just cut that out. Really? <laughs> up to, would, would, you, would you go back now and tell no, them no, 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 to no. fuck off? No, or? no, But the song is there so you can jam if yeah. you want to in that song. And there's songs where we're never going to jam. We you like know, the idea of leaving it, it up totally to the, fine. the imagination on the record, and then you so come see The song see is there, and it has a part where you can yeah. explore whatever you want, then that's cool, but not every song is going to be like that. Yeah, so I think that's an easy way to get out of it. Yeah. It's nice when the crowd's like... Different like, kinds of songs. Where they are used to the song ending, they're mm-hmm. just like, they're watching you and listening and seeing where you're going to take it from there, and they don't know that you have another like seven and a half minutes go- to go yeah. before yeah. the song actually yeah. ends. Which is such a cool. I use the word trick, but it's not a trick. Uh, it's skill, like to win fans who already well to to make like super fans who already mm-hmm. love you and they're already there. Like Bonnaroo, there are people. Yeah. I call a fuck ton of people to come up see you guys. Like people Thanks. who were shooting it for the festival. I was like, cool. go shoot them. It was them. really cool, man. Thanks, man. Felt like we could get them to do whatever they wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoever we wanted. Cool. Right, and that's a, that's like, a very scream. Specific, that's a very specific crowd. <laughs> but, but if you already have that power over them, that says a lot about like not only that they've heard you, which is winning the lottery, you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. how are you going to hear somebody in 2016? That's just yeah, luck. Yeah. But also that they it something resonated with with them, but they're hearing this three minute song, and then all of a sudden, like it goes off for like ten minutes, and yeah. after they like come down off the trip. They go back and tell their friend, like, holy fuck, dude, mail the horse, just jam the fuck out. I mean, that's what happened yeah. a lot with My Morning Jacket. My, yeah. my Morning yeah. Jacket, uh, heard legitimately, yeah. uh, they have the worst show I've ever seen and the best show I've ever seen. When they started coming out, I think it was at dawn, they were a fucking terrible like live band. They were horrible. Jim James was scared. Like, yeah. he just went out. And, uh, but the albums were okay. And it was like... And but then they started stretching out a lot more, and so some sets you would see there would only be like four songs, yeah. And then they reined it back in, and then we went to see Meriwether Post a couple years ago, and it was just face melting, yeah. And they turned me into a fan for life, even though before it was just like, you guys, I've seen a lot of shows, and that's the worst one. I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It Um, was cool to see like at our Bonnaroo set the whole like a bunch of the people in the first row we had like recognized just the people that. Like oh, new, that's awesome. new fans that we like met on this past tour yeah. in May that like showed up and it was like really cool to yeah yeah see Enjoyers. like you know fans come and support us and at that kind of stage and like just like be first first row and it was great. Is yeah. is there any push to like avoid like getting pigeonholed as a jam band or or do you want to? I don't even really think people. Even I don't think, think they are now either. But that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's the main thing. Uh, it's yeah. other words that because I like this fucking attitude that you guys have. You're just like, yeah, we got to write good songs. We got to play good songs, and that's it. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I don't think it's funny. The whole jam band thing is like kind of synonymous with like not worrying about songwriting and the couldn't and the opposite couldn't be more true for us. We're just like yeah, not really concerned about 
jamming that part where we're, we're not really concerned <laughs> yeah. about we don't like think about like building a song around a jam which is the difference yeah, between exactly. a jam band and not a jam band yeah could be we're like big we like build a song around the having it be like the, a, a, a song like a songwriting song mm-hmm. and they be built around like a, a built around you know things that are like you know, it's just a structure, austere and like solid Sometimes. and like melodic, and then whatever else happens live cream happens. Cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah like cream uh, a new song behind my eyes on that new EP yeah. is that part at the end might seem like a jam, but it's really like a structured part. And yeah, yeah. It's just part of the song. It's not a jam. And you know, the Fool of Fire jam is only started really coming alive like two years after we've been playing it. Right every night and we just wanted to do something different it's not like that song started off that way who kicked way. that off who looked behind him was like Let's probably done. I don't just know <laughs> we were probably just practicing playing. Yeah. yeah playing rehearsing it just got weirder and weirder yeah, yeah it's definitely fun yeah fun it, it, and it's 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 just happening or or organically really like yeah. there's mm-hmm. there, there's no like you know, no intent. It. It's <laughs> just like, yeah. like straight up, just happening. Which is really kind of how we've always operated with everything that we've done. Just kind of do what feels right, and uh, you know, work real hard the whole time. But yeah, that's yeah. been pretty cool. It's, it's like structured itself almost. Yeah, yeah. that jam just by yeah, yeah, yeah. doing it. I think yeah. it might even be like a, a whole like us like, trying to let loose live. More than anything, might actually be a response to uh, two people classifying us as a certain thing. Yeah, meaning like an Americana band or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's horrible. like every like a lot of people. I, like I, I, I saw I saw a lot of the press. Not that like Sarah did, but like people writing about you and earlier like, stuff. Earlier like, press, off. earlier press yeah. of us. That's like oh, from a few years ago. It's like people thought that because we have pedal steel in the band, it automatically means we also have banjo. And mandolin and like right. Well, what does know, Americana mean? I mean, it's it, like you know, it doesn't mean very big term. Right. Like Bob yeah. Dylan's Americana. Yeah, I don't the, know. the the it's the like scope of American music at this point is uh, everything. I mean, yeah. 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 a lot of people, so over, a lot of people have argued that you can call like hip hop Americana. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's American yeah. music. Yeah, um, it's it's jazz. Yeah, so this is lazy writing, really. Yeah, I got tired of hearing that we're. Got tired of hearing that we were bluegrass because we had a lot yeah, of yeah, like, we heard that our music man. We're not like we all have a blue, bluegrass bone in our bodies. No. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's yeah, rock and roll. And I hope you guys don't mind me making the Stones comparison. I mean, think no, you make it country because because, because it really, I mean, that like that's a high compliment. Like because what they did is essentially said fuck it. There were a rock and roll band. Yeah, we listened to all this shit, but we put it all together mm-hmm. and it become it comes out what it is and that is i think when a band sort of wins and and all of a sudden you have your identity that people are always looking for and then once you figure it out like it you're pretty much unstoppable i mean you guys play bonnaroo you play firefly now uh this ep i'm assuming you're working on a new album we're in the very early stages mm-hmm. of it but it's something that we definitely are we're, we're getting about. to it how yeah. much do you tour we Seems have, like I mean, right now we have been basically on the road more or less since March because yeah. after South by, we went right into the studio. We, yeah, we've been traveling every week since early March. So it's been a 
push right now. Yeah. And we have a July tour coming up. And then after that, we're hoping to get down to writing again. And How long does it take you to uh, write and record something, you think? It depends, man, because we recorded Planet Gates over the course of two years. Yeah. Yeah. That and was only because of really lack of funding. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that, is that it? It we was like we, paid, we, we recorded <laughs> when, we could, when we could afford it. So that was like what we did for that record. And, you know, for... Would you do it that way again? No, nah, it's not my preference. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't I don't know think it's anybody's preference. We don't have that kind of time. There were a lot of songs that got left off. Yeah. yeah. Not that that weren't even recorded, but just because there wasn't time. Yeah. You know, yeah. We didn't have time to explore certain avenues. We're definitely trying to spend some time on our next record in a new way. And uh, we're kind of talking about, I don't want to necessarily like let any cats out of the bag mm-hmm. we're talking about we're different cats, ways yeah. of doing it and in a definitely different location we've been recording in the okay. northeast a lot and we're trying well, to not yeah, do that like and the past 10 years yeah <laughs> yeah and, uh, <laughs> yeah so we're, we're trying to go out of our comfort zone so we can get into a comfort zone yeah. does that make sense yeah, cool. no 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 that makes sense <laughs> i mean, yeah. I mean zones, after though. you do something for long enough it does and whether or not it's real or not if you feel it it's real yeah you can become like creatively stagnant and it's just like oh this is the same thing i know what it is and honestly though like a fan isn't going to be able to tell the difference you could write planet gates three four times and everybody be like yep if it's yeah. if it's that good but as a band, that's not satisfying at all, and that that's no good. Like, yeah. If you're the guy, if you're the guy actually making the thing, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not really worried about. I think I don't think we're worried about stagnation. I just think we're worried about like. So want something different. Are we gonna, are we gonna record another record in New York State or New York City and right. get fucking wasted? Like I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's do something else, dude. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are touring down to uh, Athens, right? In July, in July we're touring. Just go down there, hook up with our friends in uh, Roadkill Ghost Choir. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, cool band. Yeah. yeah, they are really good friends of ours. They they sleep where you're sitting now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, um, and they have they've done exactly that, uh, and they toured relentlessly. I, I forget who their booker was, but they they they've killed themselves over the past few years. But mm-hmm. out of it, they got now the third album. They're sort of getting fucked on their label, so but it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I've listened to their music. I really, I really dig it. Well, I will definitely like introduce you guys because they are yeah. they are basically the best. Um, we've been close to doing stuff with them for a little yeah, while. Yeah, now. I think yeah, we've, we've had, had some, some, we've like some misses, so just like time yeah. didn't work out. I think, um, but. but each one was for them also different. You know, the first one was the funding thing. Yeah, and then they and then yeah, <laughs> and you know, but they were down in Florida then, and they had a studio that they all taught lessons at, and they got to like put it together that way. The second album was they had a, a label behind them. I don't know how big the label was, uh, and it sounded like a Coldplay album in a good way. Like it, and it was. Yeah. And Andrew writes pop songs. He just does. Uh, and this new one is psychedelic, but at the same time, like super poppy. But it still maintains the identity, which I can't see. Like I can't see hearing something from you guys and being like, "Who the fuck is that?" Like now, That's cool. now that I've heard, yeah, now that I've heard, it, I was like, "Oh, I know this." That's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Well, no, it's awesome. It's, it's yeah. that's all you guys yeah, uh, in in making that happen. Um. So, 
You're going to be playing in front of what? Like 10,000 people? I don't know. <laughs> Tomorrow? I don't know. Tomorrow, we're, some we're, campers. we're playing, yeah. we're playing the small stage and we're going to wake everybody up yeah. at like noon. We're playing at 1130. So we're thinking maybe we'll just like play harsh noise a bunch of harsh noise for 30 <laughs> seconds and freak everyone noise out noise jam and, uh, and yeah i don't know yeah. just like fucking drop the guitar on a brick and just like let it go yeah. put, it, put an ebo on the springs and the tremolo yeah yeah just let it go oh yeah uh, yeah we're uh we're pumped to be heading down there and that we've never even played in delaware i don't even i, I until i looked at where firefly was i like didn't even really realize where Delaware even yeah. was. So yeah, there's no real reason. I thought it was to go further to south than it actually is. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's it's, it's not far. right. No, yeah, it's not that far. It's like yeah, hour from us, yeah. something like that. So it, it'll be a good time. We went up the first year of Firefly. It's a, it's a seems like it's a pretty quick growing festival. Yeah, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, until all the stuff in New York moves in. We're gonna see which, Ludacris tonight. Hell yeah! Are you? Oh, Where? Man, or Firefly or whatever. Oh shit! Yeah. Tonight is it tonight? Luda. Tonight. Hell yeah. Who else is playing tonight? I forget. I had the schedule on my phone. Who's on? Uh, uh, Our friends Quilt tomorrow. are playing tomorrow. We're gonna. Oh, you know those guys? Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're good. They friends just they just them. came through here, mm. and they're uh, they're badasses. Not here. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're great. They're playing. Uh, Laura Stevenson. Is... We've met her. We mm-hmm. played with her she's, a long she's great. time ago. Yeah, yeah, like our first tour with. One of our, might have been our first, show or our first is that is that sort of the New York crew you're in with? I, I know not... those guys from upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all went to. I don't know what our crew is. But really. Actually, the quilt. Some of the quilt folks are in upstate too. Yeah, like in yeah. Columbia County. Yeah, we've got a bunch of those kind Maybe of there friends. Are our crew, I don't know. Is there the a uh, you know one thing we didn't talk about is uh, the and I don't think a lot of people talk about is the influence of Deer Tick obviously on you guys, John McCauley. Uh-huh. Um, War Elfman came out now, I think like 10 years ago. It's a little older. Yeah. Uh, but he moved to Brooklyn and all of a sudden that scene, I think started to change a little is Brooklyn, you know, for a while was like the hip place is all electronic and stuff. Is, is, has that changed now? Don't know. Man, it's all over the place. It's got, yeah, I mean, it's got everything, I guess. Um, that's good. I don't even know what to say about it. It's, I don't. I, I maybe I'm not the right person to ask because I just like go to a lot of shows and just kind of bring it all in and don't I like don't like to classify things in yeah. my brain as like one thing or the other anymore. I'm trying to move away from that. So I'm just whenever I go to shows in Brooklyn, I'm just like, oh, this is this is a show. A Brooklyn show yeah. is cool. Like you know, it seems like the bills are getting more and more um, eclectic, and mm-hmm. it's there's like it's like another it's like Every few years, there's, like, this weird thing that happens to all the venues, you know? Like, they shut down or whatever. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of happening You had a again few big, like, uh, DIY venue shut down. That's, by audio. that's like, that's happening by audio. again. Yeah, that was a sad one. That, that's us. happened here, too. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of happening again, like, this summer. Oh, no shit. Like, a little bit. Like, we just heard that this place called Palisades is closing. It's, like, a local Bushwick venue, and... Are you guys? Are you guys big? A local Bushwick bar. I just found out today. Alaska is closing. There's just like a lot of closures. All yeah, it's like, it's like a typical it's a thing cycle. That's happening. It's yeah. a cycle. Yeah. Are Are you guys like in big into that the DIY scene up there? Or? We we were, have been over the years been, for sure. I mean, since our kind of split between Bushwick and upstate New York now. There's yeah. We. What DIY places are there? 
left the anyways. The, from the old days of our, when we used to play there, not really any. I guess. Well, we played Death yeah. by Audio Live. Oh, Straight Five Ken shut down. Oh, yeah, Shea Stadium. Shea Stadium's Stadium still there. Bob Monday's gone. We, yeah, up there, land. up there, they were more mm-hmm. like the actual, they were almost there, yes. venues. Like down right. here, they've almost been exclusively houses, and some of them have been great. Uh, but you have people coming through here, and uh, Paper House was the one that people got a lot of attention uh, drawn to, and it was set up. You can fit like 150, 200 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so bands that nobody knew would come through. I mean, I think your first gig was like downtown, mm-hmm. like a uh, here, co- yeah, yeah. Um, was that was a hotel weird. roof, which was a right. crazy experience? And afterwards, we played at a bar at like midnight. Right, right. Oh, the yeah, that bar. And it wasn't, was and it wasn't one of the main town. venues. No, it was, no, no. yeah, Making off. Which is, you know, those are starting to pop up because so. all the house venues. Our friend Quinn actually just uh, shut down his. It was called Above the Bayou, and a lot of people would come down from New York and play. And it it was set up like it was a rock and roll fucking fantasy. You walk in, it's a dilapidated staircase to walk up to this thing and walk in, and it's just a big room, probably about the size of this basement, with a bay window, a stage at the end, and then just yeah. fucking rock and roll. Like rip. Yeah, those man. Some of our best shows. Those, are, those are the best shows to see. Like that, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's where good. Where come that, from. Not, not good they're shutting down, but I think it'll always, they'll always keep coming up. There's always yeah, new yeah, stuff popping yeah, up. So. Yeah. It's just, you know, New York is... You know, things move really fast. Yeah, and the scenes there. It's crazy. <laughs> you guys ever thought about leaving New York? We've thought about well, it many there. times. These guys <laughs> all move in the Hudson Valley oh. now. Oh, okay. And me and Brendan still live in the city, and we kind of split time. Play a lot of shows upstate um, now, and it's great. And Yeah, man. Nice. Well, we, th- uh, we, I feel like we, during when that whole Nashville explosion happened in like 2012 yeah, 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 yeah. or whatever, we were like... Yeah, we should maybe think about moving there. Our old yeah. drummer quit because we didn't move there. So. <laughs> but then we uh, didn't do that, and we're where glad is he that... now? He's not in this basement. <laughs> no, he's not. he didn't get barbecue. No, he didn't get to eat pulled pork. Well, I mean, yeah. Nashville. We're glad that we didn't move to Nashville. Are you? Um, Nashville's yeah. a great place, but we I got a I lot of see... awesome homies there, awesome and we always have a, yeah, the best time. Thing. And it's like everyone that's down there doing the, their thing is like some mm-hmm. of the best people in music. So yeah. Yeah, now, if you can if you can get off of like Broadway down in Nashville, I mean both are valid, but like you, East Nashville, you have the people who are just fucking killing it yeah. and doing it. But then on Broadway, you also have people killing it in a different way. They're like yeah. when you, when you walk up there like ten in the morning and there's three shows going on at every fucking venue, that's insanity. But it's also great because yeah. what fucking like if every city was like that, like everybody, you guys would be millionaires. <laughs> Everybody would be making money off their art and just be like, "Hey, yeah, play play. they love I mean, songwriters." That's, that's the main difference between Brooklyn, I guess, and Nashville, because you can have like you could argue that Brooklyn has the all the same kind of things, but yeah. the attitude is different because in New York, in Nashville, it's all it's like there. literally all about music in a yeah. way, and in New York, it's like all about music and it's also all about everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So it's like I don't know. It's it's you can't even. It's placing value on. It's commodifying something and placing value on it, and the value is different. And and in Nashville, it's just the weird thing where the commodity is the music, but that's also the value. It's not part of the value. It's a hundred percent of the value. Whereas in New York, you've got every, every everything is cut up into little parts. 
And yeah. so, you know, yeah. what you guys are doing is important, but also what, say, Lin-Manuel Miranda is doing is important. You know, and and it just, uh, you lose the focus sometimes. Yeah. yeah. In Nashville, it's, you know, we go down there and we meet someone, you know, and they go, oh, I tour manage this person. This is their drummer. He also plays drums for this guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Kurt Vile's DJing and no, everyone's being normal and having fun. And, and everyone not, knows Jack White. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's not right. overzealous. That yeah, might be the wrong word, but uh, it just seems more casual and more of a family. Yep. And that's great. You know, yeah. Everyone is kind of supportive and. Cool. Definitely seems that way. I mean, New York is really supportive too, in in its own right. It's just, from a from like a larger lens, it's Smart like the people. like you said, you were talking about value. It's like yeah. Nashville values the music, and New York values the value. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's actually right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how much are you gonna make a, a club? Yeah, kinda, and you know that's why New York has such a thriving and you know vibrant and like ever changing DIY scene too. Yeah. Because there's always going to be pushback against that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming down. Um, thank you. Good luck at Firefly. And uh, <clears throat> definitely let me know when you come back through. Yeah, man. Because uh, I, I rarely do these when I haven't seen a band live. But I was like, fuck it. This took a year to put together. Yeah. So. We, actually, so, we've been listening to the podcast. Oh, like, have you? Know, Thanks. I'm we're, sorry. <laughs> we're, uh, we're stoked on it, man. Nice. You guys are doing great work down Awesome. Here. Thank you. Uh, so mail the horse, uh, get out and see them at Firefly and I guess in a town near you, we'll have show notes up with the dates and everything. Right on. New right. EP out, Magnolia. Fuck yeah, it's out. It's All right, all guys. About. Later. Thanks for the barbecue. the horse uh they have a new ep out called magnolia uh, that came out a few days before we sat down to talk they were just starting out their tour like i said a uh, short tour uh, they were heading up to delaware play the uh, firefly stage you know big time hitting the festivals and whatnot and uh and they went home and now they're coming back out on tour they're gonna be here in dc on july 17th i really want you guys to be there uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to break with tradition here. And uh, usually we, when we do these songs at the end of this podcast, it's to take an artist that, you know, especially if it's a bigger artist, uh, we, we take a, a bigger artist and pair them with maybe a local artist, maybe a small artist. And sometimes there's stuff in common and sometimes it's stuff that's not so obviously in common. Um, but we the, the point is to sort of expand your horizons. We get you in with Beyonce and then we play something else. Uh, in this this case, though, I really want you to be at the show. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a, a track off their new EP, Magnolia. Name of the track is called Backlash, and uh, we're going to do it right now. So relax, pop a beer. I'm going to push play into the thing. Here you go. Mail the horns, Backlash.
Backlash, a nice little shot of rock and roll for you, and um, you know, just just another example of why this band kicks all the ass. So, I hope from listening to that and hearing the conversation that you just heard that now you are on on team Mail the Horse, and you are excited now about the show uh, at Songbird on July seventeenth. Uh, so, keep an eye out on our social medias and stuff. We're going to be like sort of pushing the show a little bit. Uh, it is on a Sunday night. It's okay. Uh, you can rock on a Sunday night, even if you're old. I literally just turned 44, and I'm going to be there on a Sunday night. Uh, so no excuses, people. Uh, thanks again uh, to them so much for uh, for coming down. Thanks to their manager, Sarah, actually, for, for helping set all this up. Uh, been a big help with all that. And uh, thank you guys for listening uh, for, for 199 episodes, no less. Um, you know, our, our next episode, like I said, that's it's going to be 200. It's going to be big uh, for us personally. It is. Uh, I hesitate to use the word validation, but it it is. Uh, it it tells me that what we have done here, uh, we have done good, and we are doing good, and not good in, as in the in the well way. Is it you know this whole thing uh, exists for a purpose, so we can end up do stuff like this that not only like satisfies us because it. it greatly does uh but in some way entertains you and hopefully if we if by accident usually uh enrich somebody's even like 10 minutes of their day and make it make it work for them a little better especially in this week uh and and what we're moving into it looks like uh when people need that you know i have no illusions about like how our impact of, of it is but that that's why uh we're doing this to share uh to share what we do uh and the opportunities that we have with all you guys. And we can do that because of the internet. So that's the podcast for this week. 
Uh, so we will see you in a few short days. Um, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do that. Or not. You know, just if you see the link, uh, tell your friends about it and whatnot. Say, hey, man, this is going to be cool. And, uh, you know, and, and get out and, and be good to each other. I don't care uh, if it's your friends. I don't care if it's people you don't know. Uh, I don't care if you're black, if you're white. I don't care if you're Hispanic. I don't care if you're German, French, Muslim. Uh, you know, be good to each other. Um, and uh, be good to your ears. But really, you know, we end this podcast every every time I say this, but you know, really be good to each other. It's important. Okay? See you guys later. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!